This episode, we're talking Batman, Nirvana, and how it's made its way back 30 years later. This is Pastors on Pop. I am with James, and it is so good to have you once again on our cool little show that we do Hello, here. good to be here. Yes, so today we wanted to talk about the Batman. Yes. Yeah, not a Batman, not lower cast case T <laughs> Batman, but the Batman. And uh, so both you and I have seen the Batman. I think everybody at this point has seen the Batman, so maybe there will be some spoilers today, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think a lot. And so, um, yeah, so this new Batman, honestly, I didn't want to see it when I first heard about it, uh, when they started, you know, talking about it a while ago because twilight yes that was actually the main <laughs> one and i am such a fan of the dark knight series like yeah. i just look at it with christian bell and going man like you can't do batman any better and i am yeah. such a fan of batman i just wanted to be great and so i didn't know how twilight guy could make batman great <laughs> and i just i just didn't have it and then my son wanted to see it for his birthday and so i was like oh, if i have to and then he showed me a trailer and i was like kind of interesting <laughs> and then i went and i was actually honestly blown away it was yeah. like you know having read the comic books and knowing that batman was the world's greatest detective and how that's never really been depicted on screen and then all of a sudden that was and the way that i kind of explain it to people is that it's like the pg-13 version of the sopranos meets seven with batman sprinkled in yes that's, that's the way good. that's what i look at it so um i ended up actually really liking it and finding it um really intriguing so much so that i held on to my hbo max membership an extra month so i could watch it again when it when i when it came out so uh, yeah call me a fan i've been i've been uh yeah i trans i don't transform's not the right word what is i've been won over yeah and actually would be excited for another version of batman wow yeah, yeah. sequel yeah sequel let's do a sequel <laughs> right, we were talking earlier I, poison ivy that's my vote for the next villain so so what did what Give me your Batman story and uh, and if you saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for me, I, I I thought about all the Batman versions over the years, the the Michael Keaton, yeah. the original, right, and just just the evolution of Batman, and even like um, a Gotham the TV show yes. and the the Joker, just how empathy. And understanding the 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 uh, Batman Lego movie, which was awesome, <laughs> that's, that's really loved good. it. But like yeah. how how the the personality of Batman uh, beyond just being a crime fighter, how gosh, it's evolved and it's emerged. And and uh, with this one, how it went to this 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 dark emo, yes, like emo Batman was oh everywhere. Oh my gosh, yeah. And uh, for me, and and we'll we'll uh, talk more about this but i'm i'm a bit artistic when it comes to like music and those kind of so like i got super geeked out about the sounds and the cinematography and how how they filmed gotham and then i kind of you know like why would you still live there like this is <laughs> like move yes, yes. get a u-haul right yeah. but but um yeah but the 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 story the environment that they created for the human experience in this movie was just mind-blowing. Yes, yeah. And the way they depicted the characters was pretty unbelievable in terms of not making them so campy comic booky, yeah. but um, actually something that's a, like a like a mystery thriller is yeah. what it ended up being. And, yeah, I had some of the same uh, – you know, thoughts when I was watching of like, who would actually live here? And then I thought of you actually, because the only sun 
rise that you see in the entire movie is at the very end and it's raining and i thought oh this must be what seattle's like it's totally what seattle's like yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and as messed up as the city is like that's pretty much yeah so putting you on the, <laughs> putting you on the spot of like having seen batman like what was what was like one of the memorable scenes or uh one of your favorite parts of of the movie gosh um i don't know if i can boil it down brother yeah okay yeah, yeah so um uh, for me, it was uh, when the Falcone reveal, spoiler alert, <laughs> the Falcone uh, reveal with Catwoman. Like, I thought that was like um, yeah. like this twist that all of a sudden, and she went for vengeance, which was what Batman was. Um, vengeance, you know, on this. And so as I was like thinking through the whole movie, what was interesting to me is towards the end. So that was the part that I liked. The other part that I really liked is when he was talking to um, uh, the uh, the Riddler at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was this moment where he pauses because what the Riddler was doing is what Batman would want to do, but he's good, right? Like these, these were all the bad guys, but they were good guys. And the Riddler was bringing vengeance to the quote unquote good guys. And like Batman was in this moment of like quandary, like, do I actually align with the Riddler? And it was this interesting movie moment. And for me, just to think about that, like, huh, like that, that is, that is real. That's a, that's a, that's a super good perspective. Cause it, cause it's almost like star Wars and like the dark side and right. Like, yeah. like you, you want to take vengeance and you uh-huh. want, like there, there's something in the, the, a human heart that wants to go there, but you know that you compromise. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, like Batman's all about vengeance, except for the guys that were in the power. Yeah, that were supposed to be good. Yeah, and then it was all of a sudden he was in the on the opposite side trying to protect the guys that were. Yeah, it was weird. It was yeah, it was kind of boo for me. So um, so Batman super cool. If you haven't seen the movie, you should go watch it. We're fans of it. Uh, I found, according to the film director, Matt Reeves, who's on board for the next one as well, that this Batman that he created was actually inspired in part by Kurt Cobain, uh, the uh, lead guy of Nirvana, who you're a big fan of. Yeah. And uh, the way that he depicted it is that he wanted Batman to be this uh, tormented superstar uh, who goes into seclusion to battle his demons. Yeah. And so that's... Uh, they wrote that all out. And so much of the marketing was built around uh, Nirvana's song, Something in the Way. It's also featured a couple of times uh, in the movie. And so my question for you is, uh, do you remember the first time that you listened to Nirvana and uh, kind of the impact that it had on you? How, how old were you when Nirvana kind of made it big? It was uh, early 90s. Uh, 30? Yeah. 30? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that made me 60. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, 20, 20. <laughs> 24 i guess 24 yeah. okay all right yeah yeah um i think uh the the first the first song was smells like teen spirit yep and it was it was it was coming that out was of a big deal oh my gosh and and it was it was the sound of it and it was the visuals because at the time everything was like it was still the end of the 80s hair band guns and roses and all those band, bands were kind of on the decline and then but but the production was there and then all of a sudden these thrift store kids from Seattle, you know, shot this video in a high school gym. Right. (laughs) And, and everything looked really low budget and, and it, it, the, the energy, the chord progression, the, 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 the visuals, I think just connected with people in such a raw, um, emotional way. Yeah. 
Well, I remember uh, Nirvana being pretty big. So I would have been like middle school entering into high school when they were like rising into their um, uh, their fame. And I can remember pretty vividly uh, when Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. And the effect that it had over the school, like it was it was like, you know, uh, someone very important. Like I can only think of like the only other time that I can think of as the same effect that I saw that that his death had on people was when Princess Diane, mm-hmm. uh, Princess Diana died, and how that just had that rippling effect across communities and all that. And so, at least being in high school, I think I was when he passed, um, or late middle school, that I can remember, like just the significance of that. Yeah, and how his music spoke to the teenage heart of the day, um, of what was going on and what teens were feeling in the early 90s and and all of that that was wrapped up into that. Hey, my name is Matt Manning and I am the senior pastor here at Crossroads Church and hopefully you are loving what you're listening to today. If you are, we would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a comment. We read all of them. And if you like it, we'd love for you to share this with a friend. Every week we get together as a church to celebrate what God is doing and you can join us every Sunday at 8.30, 10 and 11.30 online or in house. Let's get back to the podcast. And and a uniquely, I mean kind of kind of like kind of like uh, bands like the the Adores in in the 60s and 70s and like it wasn't necessarily the lyrics yeah. of Nirvana's music, it was the sound and it was how it made you feel, right? Yep. Because I mean the lyrics of Smells Like Teen Spirit or even uh, something in the way like the the lyrics aren't really profound, but 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 how it sounds and what it emotes from you is is so capturing yeah and you know part of what we want to do in this podcast and in the podcast uh coming is actually look at music and the role that music plays in our life and then what is it like a christian response to that music and so we're gonna spend some time today actually talking about a little bit of the worldview and the impact of something in the way that was featured in the Batman movie. And so the story, which I'm sure you're aware of, is that Kurt Cobain, uh, he wrote something in the way while he was, it was really a story about his life when he had been living under a bridge homeless. And that's where he wrote these, these lyrics. And, um, what was interesting is that actually years later, he spray painted these lyrics on the bridge, under the bridge where he wrote them, and they lived there as kind of this like memorial until the city came in and painted them over. But um, but that's kind of the beginning of these lyrics is a homeless dude yeah. living under a bridge, and these are the, the words that he puts on paper. And then he gets into the recording studio, yeah. and uh, you know this story pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, story of the recording. So Butch Butch Vig is the producer, and uh, they they uh, drove to L.A. to uh, Sound City Studios to record it, and all the other tracks were, were uh, recorded in in the in the room A, and um, and uh, Kurt was trying to record this in there, and it just it just wasn't hitting the mark, and then so they. Decided to to uh, cut it cut it for the day. Come come back tomorrow. So he came in into the control room and Kurt just laid on the floor with his acoustic guitar, which sounds so Cobain. Totally. <laughs> and he just laid there playing the song and just like singing it almost like a whisper. And Butch said he he looked over there and he was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So he turned off all the fans, all of the equipment in the room, put a mic on him laying on the floor. Yeah. 
and actually just had him just keep singing it. And he recorded in this incredibly unconventional way. But I think that's that's a part of why on the recording it it sounds so intimate. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's like you you put headphones on and turn up really loud and it sounds almost like almost like you shouldn't be listening to this. It's really eerie. Yeah. 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 So when it comes to uh, Nirvana and the music of Nirvana, what's probably crazy is that nobody probably imagined in 1994 after a pretty quick rise of three years. Yes. Yeah, that's that's, that's all that they lived. Right. Like we think of like Elton John who's been a headliner in the music world for, man, what, 50 years now, 60 yeah. years now, um, that this group had a three-year uh, togetherness. Um, and yet here we are 30 years later yeah. uh, talking about their music and how it's impacting culture even today that a major blockbuster movie is using it. And so my question to you, being the music guy, is why do you think that um, – this song was choose, chosen for the Batman and why today teenagers um, like my son uh, has been introduced to Nirvana and is uh, actually like gravitating towards it. Like, like what do you think that phenomenon is? Like how, how a band of three years has had a, whose music's had a life of now going on 30. Yeah. Um, so my, 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 a gut feeling on that is that, that like one, one of the age old questions is does, does art mimic culture or does culture mimic art? And I think, I think in a case like Nirvana, um, I think what, what they recorded was, was something in the culture that, that the media and even families didn't really know was going on. And when, when a, a young generation in the day heard the music and is still to this day, I mean, there's, there, there's something that uh, your, 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 your uh, kid, uh, kids and mine connect with, with Nirvana yeah. that, that it, it uh, gives them words to some of the emotions they feel mm-hmm. and uh, some of that, which, which um, I think part of the appeal 30 years later is that, that it, it it brings up some of the angst and some of the hurt mm-hmm. in the the heart of people that 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 is a real beautiful possibility of art yeah and you know one of the things i found fascinating is that when it comes to something in the way uh that every time kurt sang that from an feelings and from his emotions the reason that he wrote that is because he thought that everything was in the way every time he tried to feel better yes like like yeah. most of his life was lived in you know, kind of the, the slums emotionally. And every time he tried to feel better, like something was in the way. Yeah. And I think that in our culture today, that actually speaks to where a lot of people live, whether they're teenagers or, or us today, like there's this constant bombardment of the world around us in a negative sense. Like just turn on the news and it's just, it's just negative, 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 negative. And it's like all of the world is trying to bring us down into bitterness into yeah. anger to incite things feelings in us that are not positive um like what i look at when i look at the major news channels <laughs> like you know the fastest way to a great rating is into incite, into incite anger in me yeah and when we want to go feel better it's like we look at the world around us and there's nothing to feel better about there's every time there's something in the way yeah and i think that has a deep that's a really good point yeah it deeply resonates with with people in the 90s and today in the 2020s uh and so um you know when we think about this 
from a Christian worldview, what would be some of your insights into Nirvana's music, generally speaking, maybe something in the way, specifically speaking, um, and how, how are we as Christians to view this? Like, I guess my first question, is it okay for Christians to put on the headphones and listen to Nirvana? Yeah. Um, well, and, and I remember, I remember when a Nirvana came, uh, came out, I wrestled with their name, right? Mm -hmm. Because, because at the time in my spiritual maturity, it was almost like, like I, I met Jesus and I was walking with him, but Nirvana is a, is a different version of heaven and it's Buddhism. Right. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like, like, is this a rabbit hole that's going to take me somewhere dark? Does it yes. make sense? So, I mean, I, I even wrestled initially with like, with just struggling with the name. I think, I think uh, for me, and I, and I mean, even, even looking at the, the name and the concerns there is if it's resonating in the culture and if, if you're a mature Christian, yeah, I mean, like kids, uh, kids eat certain diets and you, you allow them to watch certain shows and you hold things back knowing that, Hey, when they're this old, we're totally going to watch Saving Private Ryan. Right. And yeah. like, you know, but they're so, and the same thing spiritually, like, like if, if you're new as a follower of Jesus, like, like eat good food, mm -hmm. like, like get to know Jesus, get to know how God's interacted with people as we find in the Bible. Like you, you need to eat that stuff. But after you've walked with him for a while, I think there's something really healthy just to just to understand what's resonating in the culture, to understand how your faith is going to fit in with that. Because God is working through that. Like, yeah. I love the fact that God is never working uh, defense. Yeah. Like, you know, so, but, but understanding what your kids are listening to or what's hot in the culture... Um, allows us to continue to engage culture. Does it make yeah. sense? So, I mean, and, and uh, music's pretty easy for me. You're a total movie guy, but like I, I every year watch the videos after Lollapalooza or Coachella festivals. And I don't like all the bands, but I watch the bands so that I know who's out there, what the style is, what their general message is. Does it make sense? Because, because it, it always works its way into how I'm, uh, engaging with people yeah. and, and, and what the gospel looks like in 2022, which it's going to look different in 23 and how we apply it, not, yeah. not the principles of, of the gospel and how God's engaging people, but how we live it out is going to just look different. Yeah. I think that when I listen to music or think about music, one of the things that I try to do is have a pretty diverse listening. Like oftentimes I'll just tell, uh, Alexa to play the top music. Oh, that's you good. Know, and, and to listen through it because there is a worldview that's being communicated in that. And as communicators of the gospel, uh, to understand what is the worldview of culture right now, particularly as it's, as it's being spoken through music. And these are top songs because they're, they're touching people at a deep level. They're, they're putting to words and to music emotion that people are feeling. That's what music is. And so for us to be able to listen to it with a discerning ear of going, um, not just do I like it or not, which is, I think, totally fine, but um, what is actually the worldview that's behind this that's being communicated um, that I'm now living in? Yeah. And uh, to understand a culture's music is to understand a culture. And I think that that's just so valuable for us as believers. Yeah. And, and my, I mean, if like for a, 
a verse to to kind of justify that view? I mean, like Paul, uh, Paul in Acts when when he went to to Athens, right? And he walked the city. Yes. And then as he talked to people, uh, he didn't slam them for their idolatry and all this stuff. His 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 conversation was, I see that you're very religious. Like you're very like you have uh, you you have altars to all these different gods. And then he said, and I saw one to a unknown god. Let me tell you who he is. Yeah. And but he wouldn't have been able to have that conversation if he didn't listen to the music, so to speak, of, of the culture that, that he stepped into. Yeah, yeah, it's a very hard thing to be um, a learner of the culture and then to intentionally be different from that culture. Yeah. And to not allow the culture to impact us in such ways that it drives us away from Christ, but to approach culture and go, what is it that we can learn from this so that we can lead people to Christ yeah. in it. And I think that's a fine line that us Christians have to walk. And sometimes we don't always get it right. I think sometimes we're way too loose in our values and our beliefs because of the way that culture is pouring over us. And I think other times uh, we are way too rigid with, um, with how we walk in this life that it so far distances us uh, yeah. from the people in this world that we're called to, to bring to life. And we talk, uh, we talk, a lot as a staff about uh, cultivating a biblical worldview, uh-huh. and you know, and I, and that's the awareness of of the truth of God's word and the culture around us. And and there's there's Christians that we interact with that are weird. Yeah, and I I love them, I love love you guys. Yeah. But but they they've created their own little bubble, and they don't even understand how the rest of the world works, and it just comes out in, you know, in everything they say, everything they do, that they are, they're not, they're not salt and light. Does it make yes. sense? Like they're, and, and yeah, it's a balancing act. And I probably, you know, with some things I laugh at and stuff, right. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're, you're always kind of hitting the guardrail on, on either side, but you're trying to live in that sweet spot of engaging people in the culture. And Jesus did it so beautifully yeah, because uh, he, he never hit a guardrail in the process like, like we do, yeah. but, but he was so winsome to the people that he met who were far from God and actually believed that God was against them. Yeah, yeah. When somebody asked me whether they should listen to a song like Something in the Way by Nirvana, um, oftentimes what I'll, I'll ask them is if they like it, you know, if, if this is a song that you like, why does it resonate with you? Yeah. Like, what is it that it's speaking into your heart that you're feeling emotionally uh, in this? And then what is the drive in your, in your spiritual uh, growth in this. And so I don't think that it's it's necessarily wrong to listen to Nirvana, to enjoy a song like, you know, uh, like this song. Um, <laughs> one of the funny things is I was uh, pulling up different stuff. I found a uh, hour and a half, a 90 minute loop of something in the way just over and over again. And so I was listening to it, you know, trying to think through this and and go, what is the worldview that's being spoken here and all of that? And after about 10 minutes, I was like, man, I am finding myself so depressed. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I can't listen to this anymore the third time <laughs> through. Um, but if that resonates with you, what is it that it's actually speaking yeah. into your heart? And then what is it that actually Jesus is revealing, if you're a Jesus follower, um, about your heart that maybe you need to take a step in his direction? Like yeah. if you look at it of, of from Cobain's worldview that everything that I try to do everything gets in the way of my yeah. happiness of me feeling good um if that's if that's a reality of your life then what is it that the gospel is speaking into you because the gospel is one of hope 
one yeah. of joy. Yeah. It's one of salvation and redemption. It's not one of, of, you know, just, uh, man, we're just making it through another day. Yeah. Um, and so what is that, 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 that song speaking to you that ultimately is speaking something about your soul that maybe needs to be addressed in your own spiritual journey. So good. So, well, it's a lot of fun talking Batman, yeah. Nirvana. You're like the resident music expert here on staff, <laughs> particularly when it comes to rock and roll. And so we're going to do uh, a music series here where we're going to talk about anthems. We're going to drop ourselves into the rap world. Uh, we're, we got a lot of fun things through the summer, <laughs> but uh, we're going to do a whole series over the next couple of podcasts, really of music and how we should interact as Christians. And so you can look forward to that. I want to thank you for joining the podcast today. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.